spectacular. Shafee, Shafee, are you there? And these big kicks? Beer. Oh, yes, beer for, for the party. Now, here, look. Well, hello, folks. How's everybody doing this evening? You know those sounds? You know those smooth sounds that indicate it's time for another episode of one magical hour of Matthew and Schaefer podcast spectacular. There are currently zero birds on Bill the Landlord's bird feeder, and the reason for that is that it's night because it's another Saturday night podcast. You know, things are going to get a little loose, a little sloppy, and maybe particularly so because tonight is the craft beer episode, and currently there is a pile of beer next to my podcasting studio that I'm getting i'm feeling kind of drunk just looking at it there's a lot of beer over there folks and uh do we have to drink it all no will we drink it all probably but before we do that i have to do i have to uh introduce this guy he's a fashion victim maybe fashion victim or a fashion slave you make the call you make the call on that one he's uh he's one of the coolest hair one of the coolest haircuts out there one of the coolest haircuts out there uh, it never bothers him. He just uh, throws throws some fruit put juice. Put some fruit juice in there. Just put some fruit juice in there. He's Matthew Rampy. He's right here. Hey, Shafee. I wish I was this brew. It's got me easily amused. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of always that way. I hope that our listeners are easily amused. Uh, yeah, they wouldn't be here if they weren't, I dare say. It's a fair bet. It's a fair safe bet, I do say. But you know, speaking of that line from that famous song, All Apologies, that reminds me something that I want to get to right away on this episode. You've been, talk you've been talking so much about our community. We're building this community. And we, fortune, by the fortune of the hunter-gatherer gods, we have new listeners that are people that aren't related to us or went to high school with us. They're friends of friends. People are hearing about the show. We're loving that. We were talking about somebody on the show recently who's been listening that we, that isn't blood related to us. Uh, Ali in Seattle. You know, our good old friend Ali. Our good friend Ali, which I was erroneously saying the word Ali. <laughs> Now, first, I, I have a whole series of excuses here, so let's just get to those straight away. First excuse, I don't pay super close attention to texts. <laughs> like these, first thing, I've been calling this a spurious text thread, and it, it's coming fast and furious, and I don't scrutinize every text that I get, but then I, I kind of negated that because I did note the detail that... Ali is in Seattle, not Portland. It was suggested that Cat and You did, in fact, sharpshoot me on an important Yeah, yeah I, I corrected you on that. But somehow I didn't, 
somehow I didn't notice in that same text thread that Ali is male. I just assumed that it was, it's your sister Grace and her friend Kat. I thought it was another girl. At any rate, Ali, so stoked that you are listening. You are our number one Seattle uh, Hunter Gatherer member. And um, I'm very sorry about that. And I won't make that mistake again. In the future, when we're talking about our community members, I'm going to take it really seriously. And I just, I want to get everybody's name right. So nice to say, Ali, you are seen. You're seen by us. We have eagle eyes when it comes to Ali now. You are seen and hopefully we will still be heard. We're looking forward to hearing lots more about you and your friends up there, Seattle Way, where uh, Matthew and I have been talking about retiring. Oh, yeah, we are retiring there in a few months. In Bellingham, Washington. <sighs> I'm, I'm so glad we got to that. That's been killing me ever since uh, I realized that foolish error. Um, yeah, I'm happy to have... Uh... Listen, I hate to, do, I hate to refer directly to the show sheet, but I have to here. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? What is your note about John Hurt? John Hurt... John Hurt, who I often confuse with William Hurt and John Hurd. I was talking with, uh, I was at the bar and I was talking with Porter the other day. Uh, you remember our old buddy Porter from the travel episode? Oh, I do. Yeah. So off a balcony. We were talking about the, the movie. I was telling him about the movie Cutter's Way from 1981. I love this movie. It has a young Jeff Bridges in it and uh, uh I got to make sure I get this right. John Hurd uh, plays the main, plays the uh, eponymous character Cutter. Hurd. And it, uh, it's a, it's a really cool kind of, kind of, uh, it's kind of like a hippie noir, like a, like a deadbeat 70s noir uh, there in LA. Um, super, super cool movie. But I was, I was having trouble talking about it because the first thing I always want to say is that Cutter was played by John Hurt. And then I say to myself, no, no, no. John Hurt is the British guy. And I said, is that right, Porter? Because Porter knows a lot about movies. And Porter said, yes. Uh, and he also knows a lot about country names and, right. and, and land borders. That's right. John. He said, that's right. John Hurt is the British actor. And then he gave me a dazzling deed about John Hurt. John Hurt, was the, he played the character who was first personally invaded by the alien in the first movie alien oh that's that that's so flattering that is uh, <laughs> the first one Be the first. if you followed that series you know a lot of a lot of people got invaded by that alien very personally if i was trapped on one of those starships i'd want to go first <laughs> no, don't. i don't want all the terror in between yeah shortening that anguish get in my belly bust out no, the funny thing was, I was like, all right, now I've ruled out John Hurt. That means that it was William Hurt. <laughs> and he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, William Hurt. From, you know, uh, from, uh, Saint, uh, from uh, uh, The Big Chill. Is he in The Big Chill? <laughs> I don't know. I, don't know. I, I do want us, to, I do want us to, to review The Big Chill one day. Then I was already second-guessing myself, and then I looked it up, and it is, in fact, John Hurd, H-E-A-R-D, who plays Cutter in Cutter's Way. Not William Hurt, not John Hurt, but uh, now I just, all three of those guys are a mess in my head. But uh, so I'd say seven avocados for Cutter's Way, uh, <laughs> and obviously eight avocados for Alien. So uh, 
great movies, both of them. Uh, for that matter, Big Chill, good movie. Uh, if you can think of any other movies starring any of those three guys, get at us and tell us what you think. <laughs> we'll talk about them on a future episode. Uh, and thanks, folks, for helping me straighten that out in my head. What's next, Matthew? Well, I'm glad that we got all that name straightening out done. That's good. Um, let me ask you a question. Do you love beer? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. As, as, uh, as Danielson would say, what man doesn't love beer? <laughs> Cobra Kai reference. What man doesn't love Super Tramp? Um, in fact, you, you own what might be sort of classified as a craft beer bar and have been previously co-owner of another craft beer bar. I do indeed. I, uh, I have uh, been very personally involved with the craft beer, the buying and selling and drinking of craft beer. I have personally installed two different craft, two different craft beer systems. One of them was a 42 tap system in Houston, Texas. And the other more recent was a 16 tap system here in Austin, Texas. And uh, looking forward to getting a little bit of uh, this family business beer on, uh, on tap down there at the front page. So tonight we are featuring a guest, uh, a brewer uh, f- from soon to be head brewer at Family Business Brewing Company in Dripping Springs, Texas. Um, it must be true. He's a, he's a friend of mine. He's a friend of yours. I would like to welcome to the podcast Hugh Lewis, a.k.a. Hugh Nation. Welcome, hey, Hugh. Guys. Hey, can you hear me? I, yes, we can hear you. All right. All right. How are you, my friend? I'm well. I'm well. Thanks for having me on. How are you guys doing? I'm listening Good. carefully to this can to see if it's no longer foamy inside. <laughs> can you tell if it's foamy by listening to it? Listen very carefully. Like the conch? No, you can't. You can't tell. Um, uh, for you hunter-gatherers out there, the joke here is that We've got five beers in cans from Family Business, and we're about to sample them all. And the first one we're going to sample is a Golden Age German Pills. And I said I knew we had to pick that one because that's the one that I dropped from my six feet up all the way down onto a hard vinyl floor on my way in here. So I'm going to play with Bob and Doug. Wait, should we we take odds on this as to whether or not that's going to be a disaster? Well, it's not fair because I already listened. Oh, well, you – what do you think, Hugh? You think that beer's going to be okay when he opens I think, it? Now? I think it's going to be just fine. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> 30 minutes, right? Here we go, guys. Listen carefully. Oh, yeah. It's safe. I really want to introduce Hugh to Schaefer. They have never met. They are meeting on Zoom for the first time this evening for the craft beer episode. I'm glad to get you guys together. I got to say, I like the look of this Hugh guy. <laughs> well, I feel like I know Shafee, man. I've listened to oh, right. the episodes. So, um, yeah, it's nice to finally uh, get around to saying what's up. You guys notice I made my bed for you? We're on a Zoom call, listeners. Because I'm meeting a new friend. Um, I have known Hugh for a very long time. Um, 
I, I wanted to I, I wanted to do this episode because uh, he was at a new brewing company. He had previously at five one two. Great beer that I I I love. So I was in the beer business. I worked for a beer distributor, and this was uh, how many years ago was it that you started working for five one two? It was like nine years ago. Yeah. Okay, nine years ago, and Hugh was a an accomplished home brewer. Uh, a a craft beer aficionado. You, I mean, you were homebrewing, right? He's shaking yeah. his head back and forth like that's not true. No, I did homebrew. Uh, that's what kind of got me started. Sure, yeah. Like, I mean, you had done a number of brews before you started working at Five One Two, right? Yeah, I I used to live with uh, Wilson, and we would homebrew together in South Austin, and that's what kind of got me interested into the, you know, got me into the game. Uh, and then, uh, just kept wanting to brew beer and, and take beer that, uh, I enjoyed and make it, made it, you know, I wanted to make it bigger and better, I guess. So you heard about an opportunity to be a delivery driver for 512. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They, they were hiring a draft technician, which basically means go out and troubleshoot any kind of uh, problems at any bars or accounts that, uh, you know, if the beer's pouring foamy or uh, less than perfect, then that's what I was I was trained to do. And along with that came, hey, you know, you're driving a vehicle, throw some kegs in there and you can deliver the beer while you're out, you know, uh, running around. So uh, then it turned into deliver all the beer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, at the time, I when you were doing that, I thought, man, this is so cool. This is like this is this guy's chance to like be in the, in the craft brew. How old was five one two at that time? Four. They were four years old. Okay. It was, it was a pretty new brewery. So yeah. 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 Um, uh, so th- uh, this guy leapt at that chance and uh, it's, it's turned out good for you, right? Like you, yeah. you, after, after just a while you started participating in the brewing there, right? Yeah, I, I delivered for about a year. Um, I ended up kind of being a San Antonio uh, representative, you know, deliver a lot of beer to San Antonio. We were trying to grow the market there. And uh, and then there was an opening uh, on the production side of things, and they knew I was interested, so they they invited me over. And I started as a, the keg line guy. I was just, you know, filling 250 kegs a day. <laughs> um, yeah because they're draft only they were draft only at that time so it was just uh you know a lot of kegs a lot of kegs a lot of kegs so. and they've been draft only for a long time they were draft only for i guess 11 12 years and then just right before the pandemic uh, switched to uh, well they they purchased a bottling line and um and then when draft sales plummeted they started filling bottles so thank yeah. goodness for them yeah now, Shafee, you um, you would you would classify five one two as a pretty legit local operation, right? Like we we've been at bars, and you go five one two IPA, right? Absolutely, that uh, that's been one of the best IPAs in Texas for quite a while now. Yeah, yeah, I I think that's amazing that five one two has that reputation, and it has been just draft and mm-hmm. so local, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think. They're What's that? I think five yeah. one, meaning now. 
they are they are packaging now, right, Hugh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then, of course, though, I think that the I think we should say one another name of the here's the the pecan even though even though we're not talking about five one two tonight the pecan porter right yeah great beer fantastic but Hugh has moved on to greener pastures and now you are with Family Business Brewing Company in Dripping Springs yeah Family Business Beer Company in Dripping Springs. Um, beautiful little place out there it's it's a ways out you know it's um but yeah it's it's really really nice it's so far out but so close in too like i mean with the way austin has grown and changed you're like you you're on the west side of town you drive through b cave suddenly you're there you know what i mean suburb at this point yeah yeah Yeah, right totally yeah but this has also become kind of a cottage beer and liquor uh hub totally with, uh, with jester king and argus cidery and revolution spirits revolution spirits yeah uh then just twisted x is not far over towards wimberley and uh i feel like there's another one is liberty uh liberty oak maybe or treaty oak is out there um, last stand is out here oh, yeah yeah last stand makes great beer too yeah right yeah Wow. Yeah, there's a handful. That's a small town with a lot of beers and distilleries in it. Right. <laughs> is there any is there any kind of like instantly wasted? Everybody out there is just <laughs> falling down drunk. <laughs> is there any kind of like beer tour like our beer circuit that people go out there? Like do you do you ever get people who are like, Oh, we've been we went to Jester King and now we came here and we're gonna go and we're having a bachelor party. If there's not, can we organize something like that to like turn it like you, you y'all can get like a an alliance with with some other crews out there and like are you on the beer tour? Well, if yeah. not, <laughs> I think Matthew, the first step is for you to buy a school bus. It's a very inclu- beer is a very inclusionary drink, but y'all should like y'all could turn it like really divisive, and you could be like in group, out group. Are you on the beer tour? Yes, no, mm, no. Look, I don't want you to do that. I'm just saying, like something like that could happen. What if it was a service that not only was the beer tour, but they they took the vehicles, like you know, like you you got a bus, you got a bus and a couple of vans, and you do a Saturday Sunday thing. Yeah. Why don't you why don't you write up a business model? Are we entrepreneuring here? (laughs) Somebody is. At least one of us is. (laughs) I think I've said on this show before I'm not an entrepreneur. (laughs) Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't know it from the last ten minutes of conversation. Foolish. Well, okay, (laughs) let's what what I want to do here is I don't I don't want to be like this is the this is the beer tasting part of the show. I want to do our beer flight as we go along talking here. I remember there was this old Paul F. Tompkins. Uh, stand-up bit where he the whole bit was like how to drink and he was like first you must eat and he like eats a meal right before he comes up on stage and then as he's on stage he just like drinks pints of guinness did you ever see that remember that anyway okay so i also i want to start with the german pills because i i was i'm previewing it and if we don't get to the tasting part of it it's going to be it's I'm going to not be true that I'm tasting the beer while we're tasting it. So here we go. Five flights tonight, flight number one. And this is the most ridiculous thing to have a beer tasting on imaginary radio because I mean, we're just going to, 
it's all about communication. So our words are going to have to talk to our viewers about what we're experiencing as we taste these beers. You, I have had several sips of the golden age German pills now. Uh, is, is it the crystal hops that makes that, uh, that Pilsnery flavor, which it is straight up just Pilsner, uh, Pilsner grain. Um, and it's uh, Saw's hops. Yeah, that's what you're... Uh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes that hop character in those Pilsners gets a little kind of maybe too sweet for me. Sure, uh, yeah. And overpowering, mm -hmm. but it's, that's not the case in this beer. I'd say this is just about perfectly balanced for a Pilsner. Thanks, man. I'm going to describe this beer as fine and dandy. <laughs> I believe... And this is, I didn't plan this, but the other night during Shafee's birthday Eve special, I made a joke about Shafee's birthday, what it means to me is tequila and German pills. That's my traditional Shafee's birthday Eve drink. So I, I will, let me, my relationship to beer has changed over the years. I said I was in the beer business. I drank more beer than the law should allow. And I had kind of gotten, I've kind of gotten away from it in my own life. But when I do drink beer, I crave the German pills, the continental lager, the, you know, the Czech pills. I just straight up, uh, not, not light, not a light American lager, but like, a, like he, like Schaaf is saying, a lager with, or a pills with some hops. So Matthew, as Matthew, as somebody who likes this style particularly, uh, how do you think this compares to oh, the- yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I meant to do, we're going to do this with avocados. <laughs> Golden Age German Pills from Family Business is an eight out of eight avocado beer for me. All right, hands down. It, right. Is a, it is a winner, and I'm, I'm, I'm very serious about this category too, folks. So don't, don't yeah, think I'm just. I'd probably give it a seven out of eight, but that's probably because the the Pilsner is not my not my uh not your style number one style. I don't yeah. think I don't think you and I have ever gone anywhere, and you've been like. Give me a pills, barkeep. And then pills. Yeah. <laughs> but I do like it, you know, when it's good, especially, you know, uh, now that, you know, we grew up, you know, when I was growing up, Budweiser called itself a fine Pilsner beer. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, now it classifies itself as an American lager, whatever all that means. But, uh, you know, growing up on all of, these, all of these American style Pilsners, like it's, it's a, it's a, beer style that we're all very familiar with and it's funny now after you know after you know in the last 10 years we've all had 8,000 different beers and really to go back to some of those uh some of those old domestic American style beers that just like they're so just sweet and corny and mm -hmm. uh like oh, honestly like I never thought of myself as a as a snob in any way when it comes to booze, you know, I'll drink a bottle of Thunderbird under, under the bridge with the, you know, under the bridge downtown, uh, with my Thunderbird. I have, I have trouble these days just drinking a Miller Lite without honestly being a little bit grossed out. But, but you're, and you're not comparing directly those, those corny American lagers to this sort of. No, no. Yeah. That's the, that that that's like sets it apart for sure, right? A beer like this and be reminded of how it, you know how it's supposed to taste. How uh, right? How the the Germans with all of their uh, with all of their beer purity laws, 
um, although you hesitate to use the word German and purity too often in the same sentence. Right. Have, uh, negative, uh, negative memories, but, uh, like pure Jim and in Stratford Shire. They do a good, they do a great job. And, uh, yeah, I really like this. So Hugh, uh, real quick, uh, I, would, I definitely want this to be about the beer, but can we talk about some other dazzling details of the family business brewing? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Like, uh, like there, there's, uh, there's some certain, certain folks involved in their ownership, right? Yes, there are. Yeah, that's right. I asked because our super fan, Manish Bandari, you know, I lived with him for about three years. And when I was with him, I watched, I watched a whole lot of Supernatural. Okay. <laughs> he's, a, yeah. he's a huge fan. And I, I'm a fan too, I'm not going to lie. Uh, but uh, but he, uh, him in particular. So we were really excited when we heard that Dean and Sam were going to be o- opening a brewery. Um, and is that, I'm sure that that's not how the brewery necessarily likes to define itself. But is that is that a fun thing about, about the business? That's interesting that you say that. You know, uh, our head brewer wants the the drive to be about beer, but there is a lot of interest from the supernatural family, you know, um, it's, it's inevitable. Uh, you know, every time we post anything on social media, it's going to get 25,000 likes with an hour because of all of the fans. And it's not a bad, uh, a bad way to go. And yeah, a wonderful plus in the marketing, uh, for the marketing department, I'm sure. Right. <laughs> It's also, this is public knowledge too. It's not, they're not trying to obfuscate or anything. No, totally not. No, no way. Yeah. So, well, then, then you should say it, that uh, the, the, the brewery is owned, co-owned by Jensen Ackles. Jensen and Daniil are, uh, are owners, as is Daniil's uh, brother, Gino. Okay. Grawl. Yeah. yeah. So... I'm sorry, I don't know their real names. There's one of those guys, Dean or Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I think Dean Dean is the guy that uh, Jensen. They're only Sam and Dean Winchester to me. Yeah. <laughs> cool, man. But it speaks well that, you know, actually, honestly, to, to have a famous person involved kind of puts a target on your back. You kind of have to have good beer. Otherwise, people would be like, oh, you know, that's just... That's just stuff yeah. that some famous guy put his name on, and yeah. that's why it sells. So you kind of have to – that kind of puts a little bit more responsibility on you guys who are doing the brewing. So well done. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the pressure is there, but uh, we're, uh, we're confident that we're doing a pretty decent job. So. <laughs> well, and you're also – uh, you've only had the pills. <laughs> I was just going to say, I'm really excited to try this. We have next, guys, it's called the Brew Famille. It's a Hefeweizen, is that right? It's a wheat beer with with Himalayan sequins and lime zest. With lime and Himalayan pink salt, it says. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and practice and open if that's okay with you guys. Yeah, we're going. I'm doing it. Here we go. So we're at 3.9 ABB. We're at 15 IBU. Now, Hugh, you said that people are, like, coming out to – they're coming out to the brewery to taste this one. That's the the one that we're we're really running through – you know, we were with the with the nice weather. Now that it's kind of cooled off, oh uh, cow! It, that smells like a 
It's almost, it almost smells like a margarita. Yeah, totally. With the salt. We're going to age some of that in uh, tequila barrels. I think oh, I'm, dude. Yeah. Okay. And I'm, I will say that Hefe is not my favorite style. I, I, my, but my favorite thing about Hefe is that I've been to Germany a couple times and you'll see Hefe on the, the breakfast menu oftentimes. Like, you, you could have a choice between fresh squeezed OJ or a Hefe Bison. And at 3.9% ABV, I'd definitely call this sessionable, even, uh, even breakfastable. <laughs> oh, that's delicious. I'm, not, I'm the worst uh, beer taster commentator of all time. This stuff is delicious. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, and, then, and then Schaefer gives like this like really eloquent soliloquy about the soul of the beer. And I'm like, fine and dandy. Honestly, Matthew, what you're saying is probably the most important part, though. <laughs> I'm, I'm, None of that other shit matters if it doesn't taste good. I'm coming at it just like everything in my life, like emotionally reckless. I, uh, Q, uh, I, uh, kind of like Matthew, I, ge I generally have a problem with Hefeweizens. Can you guess why? Uh, no. Because you're a jerk? <laughs> certain flavor that the Hefe... The, the banana flavor doesn't really bode well with, uh, serious... That's exactly right. Once, once somebody told me about, uh, Hefe yeasts and the banana flavor... From then on, all I could taste was bananas every time I took a sip. Pling, 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 yield workshop. Welcome to tonight's uh, yield workshop, and I prepared this uh, beforehand. Uh, the word tonight is, and I, I looked this up tonight. I had seen it on like a beer poster. Oh, Hugh, I have a follow-up question. Don't let me forget. I want, I, I want you to talk about some of the wankiest, most pretentious words people use when they're doing beer tastings. But my favorite wanky, pretentious word when people are doing beer tastes is banana esters. Uh -huh. Our word tonight is esters. Esters represent the largest group of flavor compounds in alcoholic beverages, generating the fruity aromas in beer. Not, of course, the direct addition of fruit and fruit flavors in certain beers. Put some fruit juice in it. <laughs> the esters are formed by the reactions of organic compounds and alcohols created during fermentation. The most significant esters found in beer are isoamyl acetate, banana pear drop, or ethyl acetate, likely fruity, solvent light, and ethyl caprolate, apple-like. I beg also, there's also ethyl caproate, which is apolite with a note of anise, or there's phenylethyl acetate, which is like roses and honey. Sure, you're using a lot of words with copro in them. Hey, I got it. I'll copro where I got where I need to, buddy. <laughs> I'll robo copro if I have to. Oh, robo coprolite. That's like the answer to a sniglet that nobody asked us. <laughs> <laughs> Another successful edition of... Okay, let me say this. And you know me, I'm the power of positive thinking jerk face. But I had a really bad attitude about this Hefeweizen until I tasted it. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to like that. And, I, and uh, usually when you order a flight, it's like four or five ounces with each brew. But Hugh was generous enough. He gave us cans to work with today. 
and I've got 16 ounces of Hefeweizen that's going to be gone, I think. <laughs> I think I'm probably going to come back to it after we're done with the, some of the other heavy boys. I'm staring down the barrel of 60 ounces of beer right here. So, <laughs> oh, See, I really – I'm sorry, man. I had really only intended for this to be like five-ounce flights. I, I thought you could – I thought I was going to be able to pour it and then just pour the rest out, you know, like a, like a sommelier – What's the what's the beer for a sommelier? It's a sommelier, I believe. Yeah. A what? Sommelier. No, sommelier is for wine. There's another cicerone. Yeah. Like I'm the cicerone of this podcast, but I'm not going to be able to. I think I'm going to be like the drunk homeless guy of this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But you're you're our favorite drunk homeless. I'm sorry. Drunk homeless person experiencing homelessness. Wait, 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 wait. I screwed that up. <laughs> Drunk citizen experiencing homelessness. Let me get it right. We, I don't want to have to go back and correct everything like with the Ali thing. Okay, here we go. <laughs> wait, l- wait, let me go back to, oh yeah. Let's get back to Hugh. What are some fun, pretentious words you like to hear when you're at a beer tasting? Uh, it's pretty inevitable that somebody it, that thinks they know what they're talking about is going to mention the word diacetyl, um, <laughs> which is an off flavor uh, from uh, rushing rushing the process, and it's uh, it tastes like tastes or smells like butter. Um, huh. Some people can detect it, some people cannot, but everybody that thinks they know what they're talking about will say, "I." I detect a hint of diacetyl in this, and and brewers tend to want to kick that person out of the tap room. <laughs> um, some armchair cicerone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Armchair cicerone show title. Um. So, by the way, I'm cleansing my palate with vodka tonight. <laughs> okay, between brews. Are, are you, did you drink your whole Hefe over there? I haven't. I'm still working on my Hefe. I'm really enjoying okay. it. Then I want to, uh, well, before we go to our next style, I am too. I want to, I want to add like a few more uh, ounces to, to my original five ounce Hefe. It's a 3.9. This is the one that we should just enjoy. Um, I want to talk about Hugh. <laughs> Let's not talk about me. Let's talk about you. Um, <laughs> Not me, it's Hugh. We call, uh, Hugh is uh, with this group of friends from Lubbock. They're, they're, they're uh, an age younger than Schaefer and I. They're like a friend of ours, younger brother's group. Uh, we call ourselves the homies, not to be so culturally appropriative, but we're the homies. We, we all know each other from home. Actually, well, Hugh uh, knows the group. For, he, Hugh's from Nacogdoches. He went to Texas State with this crew, right? And you're, it's, not, you're not a Lubbock boy, Hugh. He's not no. a Lubbock boy. He's from Nacogdoches. I won't hold it against you. Which is cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but he's but he's been um, you know bathed in the fire of being with the Lubbock boys. So um, at some point, that crew started calling you Hugh Nation. And I said it earlier, and everybody probably thought, "Oh, he's a member of the Hunter Gatherer One Magical Nation." No, but that's not it. That's actually his nickname. In fact, my wife again had to ask me today, "And what's his what's his real last name?" She she knows you as Hugh Nation. Well, yeah. So, te- if you can quickly, it doesn't have to be quick because this is the podcast. We don't tell anything quickly. 
remind me why they call you Nation. Uh, well, it was um, they called me Hulu for short, and and then we were listening to a Tribe Ball Quest record one day, and uh, I don't remember the name of the song, but you will. Uh, and when uh, when You're they say you know where I'm going with this. Um, I like my women, black, Puerto Rican, and Haitian, yada, 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 the Zulu Nation, and the room kind name, of... Name is Fife Dog from the Zulu Nation. Fife Dog, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, that's right. That's what he said, yeah. Uh, and the room erupted, and they're like, that's it. Hulu Nation is the name. Oh, they're Zulu, Hulu Nation. It was Zulu Nation to Hulu Nation. And yeah, so it's Hugh Nation, Hugh the Nation, the Nation, Nash. Uh, there's a handful. I don't know how to spell some. Of them. <laughs> I think it. I think at this evolution, we're just to Nash. Nash. Yeah. Pretty much everybody just says Nash now. Nash. Yeah. Well, that's how deep this goes. <laughs> <sighs> Man, I poured myself another serving of this Hefe. Are you drinking your Hefe, Shafi? I am. I've been kind of going back and forth between the pills and the Hef now, but uh, I do. I do. You know, particularly compared to other jefes in this world, I do like this one very much. Um, that uh, and that, I, I, that I, goes a long way to uh, to improving the state of jefes for me. <laughs> and not to be extra, but I, I'm loving this jefe. Um, there's there's no banana espers. Where did um, where did it say jefe? Oh, I don't. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, oh, you no, you're right. You, oh, okay. I think we're being corrected by. It doesn't say hefe anywhere. Exactly. It says it's a wheat beer. So tell me the difference between a hefe oh, and a wheat beer. Put me on the spot with the wheat beer versus hefe. Uh, I um, I thought I thought hefe weizen just meant wheat beer in German. Possibly. Uh, I just know that this style is not something that my head brewer nor I are fans of. Uh, Hefe, although done well uh, locally, we're just not into that. Okay, that. Uh, I'm I'm looking it up. Cool. Um, this is this is in lieu of a quiz. Now it's, what now it's, what is? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a okay, oh, a Hefe is a wheat beer, but not all wheat beers are Hefe Gotcha. See, I, see, I didn't, man, I, every time I come to this podcast, I learn stuff. Like all Pilsners are lagers, but not all lagers are Pilsners. Correct. Yeah. Okay. I thank you for, sometimes I get a little out of control here on the podcast and I start calling things by the wrong name, which is a theme for the evening. And uh, I just like to apologize to all the wheat beers out there <laughs> that aren't Hefes. <laughs> So, like, so a wheat beer w would be made with wheat instead of barley, right? No, it's just gonna have wheat added to it. Okay. Like the the majority of of the of the base malt is gonna be, I'm sorry, of the of the bill the grain bill is gonna be barley. It's gonna be uh, your basic two row barley, but they're just gonna add some wheat to it. So the grain is a combination of barley and wheat, and but. But the hef, you know, like I hear people talk about hef yeasts. So there, that must be the difference there. That's going to be the big difference. Yeah, for sure. 
And that's where all that banana flavor that we don't like comes in. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So Hefeweizen does not mean wheat beer. Correct. You might like wheat beers even if you don't like hefs. <clears throat> Hefe means yeast and Weizen means wheat. There you go. Wow. I had that as far off as Ali and Ali. <laughs> Well, now we know, though. We wouldn't, have, we wouldn't have learned without you, Matthew. So well Everybody's done. like, who gave this guy a podcast? Nobody. <laughs> I grew it myself. <laughs> um, okay, let's get on to the next style. Now, the, I'd say this podcast has been, has been slowly fermenting. like uh... For 27 years? <laughs> <laughs> For at least a couple months. <laughs> oh, yeah, at least a couple months. Okay, uh, what's next, guys? I, I put all my beers on ice. I gotta I gotta reach down in the ice and get one. What's up? Release the flavors. What's up next? The saison. Saison, c'est bon. Now, for the listener, since you can neither see nor smell nor taste any of this, I want to point out that. The Saison came in the actual packaging. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the other beers are in the general uh, Tabula Rasa packaging for family business, which is cool too. And there's a place to fill out the style and uh, all the deets, the dazzling deets of the beer. This, this one is in the four the commercial packaging. It's nice. It looks really – it says Saison, c'est bon. Around beer, your family, which is a little play on words like I did at the first of the show. Around <laughs> beer, your family. Yeah, I like that. I like that slogan. That's nice. Yeah, that's nice. Okay, here we go. And we're uh, increasing our ability to 6.0. Okay, so we're going up to six. This one's a sipper. Can you, uh, either of you guys, uh, guess what Cezanne means? Translates from in French? Season? That's Schaefer. <laughs> oh, baby. What, what are you, a wordsmith? C'est <laughs> bon means it's good. C'est bon. Are there some esters here? Saison usually implies a wild yeast, right? Correct. Yeah, it's going to be a farmhouse-style uh, beer, sometimes uh, fermented openly. Uh, others, other times, just loosely. Wait, wait, wait! It occurs to me just now that you ha- you have all the sales knowledge and all- you you have the the vocabulary that y'all use for these beers. Are you get, you should give us the full Monty in oh. terms of the things that you would say about the beer if you were at the tap house. No, that's a, that's not a good idea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you know, I, the thing about saisons uh, is they're they're difficult to do well because there's not a whole lot to hide behind in flavor. Um, the yeast is going to do a lot of the flavoring because the grain bill is pretty light, um, as is the hop. You know, the hop additions are pretty small and infrequent. So this beer has a flavor I often associate with Belgian beers. Correct. Yeah, those are the esters you're getting from the yeast, without a doubt. Yeah. Way to go, Shafi. It's good. Cool. And it's 6%, which, you know, it's a little embarrassing, but I like that in a beer. Yeah. <laughs> if he likes the high octanes, for sure. Wait, but uh, wait, 
going back, we didn't give the wheat beer an avocado rating. Let's do that real quick. Um, I'm going. I'm going seven out of eight. Yeah, I'm probably going to go six and a half. Once again, for my, it's it just has to do with my inherent biases against the style. <laughs> yeah, there's not a whole lot of uh, wheat beer drinkers these days. That's you know that's why we we spiced it up to to make it more appealing. And uh, I think we personally, I think we hit a pretty pretty good home run. It is, it is a very it is a very drinkable beer, no doubt yeah. about. It. Wheat beer had a little. Mm-hmm. Well, I love a Saison. Um, this one has some strong esters. I, love- I just, just want to say esters as many times as possible. I love the Belgians, the Belgian beers in general. And- you know, I, I really used to despise Belgian beers. And at some point, my taste just changed. And then I really got into them. <laughs> They, uh, I've, I've heard, I don't know where I picked this up, probably in the, uh, the Oxford Companion to Beer, uh, compiled by Garrett, what's his name from the Brooklyn, Brooklyn Brewery, but, uh, I remember hearing somewhere that, you know, that, uh, that the Germans wrote the rules for making beer and, and then the Belgians broke them all. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, me too. Right on. But you have to know the you have to know the rules in order to break them. It's like just like abstract art, you know. Yeah, yeah. You have to be sure you can draw hands before you start painting a drip painting or whatever it is. Yeah, <laughs> tra- this, yeah this is an excellent beer. I, this one's gonna get, get gonna get the highest rating so far for me. Definitely oh, a wow. half or an eight avocado beer right here. Traveling wow. traveling in Germany. Each region has like, like there's a monastery there that's been brewing beer for since 1500. And when you go to the bar, there's like the local beer and it's the, uh, it's the Dunkless, this is the Dunkless beer, the dark beer, and then the light beer. And, and for that region, it's very codified. Like you're saying, like, this is the beer style for this area. And I, I never thought about that in terms of the, I, well, I've never heard that uh, turn of phrase, but I and I, I've I've never had beer in Belgium, but I've had beer in Germany, and it is very like this is not a shocker. <laughs> These are the rules. <laughs> this is the beer. <laughs> you there's not we go to a German bar. There's not like a tap wall. There's there's the dark beer and the light beer and maybe the the heavy Weizen, You know. And as far as as far as saisons go, you know, with their you know wild yeast and that that being where a lot of the flavor comes from. You know, if you go to some of those old breweries in Belgium, they will be just, just covered. You know, they, those breweries haven't been cleaned in, uh, in hundreds and hundreds of years. Cause all of that yeast is where, you know, that's where all the mojo is for the beer. So it's just, you just build it's covered in this, like these thick layers of mold, what looks like mold and, and growth and it's you know for the for you know people who aren't trained in the matter it's you know it's kind of gross but like cheese but people who know what yeah people who know what they're looking at are like no this isn't gross this is beautiful this is amazing mm-hmm. totally Hugh what's your favorite style of beer 
that's a good question. I I would have to say right now it's Pilsner's. Um, well, wait. Just, so right now, so just like I was talking about a minute ago, your tastes have changed. You've gone through. Give give us a quick PowerPoint rundown of your of your favorite styles from the past twelve years. <laughs> okay, I think it started off with pale ales and then IPAs and then IPAs and then IPAs and IPAs. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then, and Imperial IPAs, double IPAs, <laughs> yeah, you know. So, uh, so Hugh used to live like um, three blocks from me over here. Uh, how long were we all at that house? About two or three years? Two years, yeah. Two, over, over two years, yeah. Uh, and while he was there, so th- my kids were really young. He didn't have kids yet. He has two little kids now. Um, we, of course, we obtained the beers because I drove out and saw him at his place to pick them up. And so my kids were playing with his kids. It was very bucolic. Uh, uh, I used to go over to his crib and as like an escape from, from babies. And um, we would start simple, but he was, you were a collector. You had all like all this reserve stock in this garage fridge. Mm-hmm. The quack, the quack. You remember that beer? <laughs> sure. like all these bullets, man, of like dank, in, like you said, imperial IPAs, Belgian beers, and I, you know, we t- I'd take a six pack over there, and we'd start and have a couple beers, and then you'd be like, oh, I'm gonna let's open this, and we would open that thing, and then that would turn to open in this other thing, and then um, his wife was like, I don't think Rampy should come over anymore. No, it's not. Because <laughs> you guys get just <laughs> blitzkrieged every time. And f- but w- part of it was for me, it was like I didn't get out of the house a lot and I was stoked to have a homie in the hood. And I would go over and I would be shot out of a cannon, just like in this podcast. And uh and then it would just get exciting and festive. And and mm-hmm. you shared you shared so many like talk about Belgian beers. Well, isn't that kvak? K W A K, isn't that a Belgian beer? Why does Matthew keep saying that? <laughs> I'm trying to remember because this podcast name. is about words, man. Kvak, I think uh, there's a that I might be mistaken. I don't know. Quack, I believe it's quack. Is it? <laughs> I don't. I just still don't know what we're saying. <laughs> I'll I'll put a picture of the beer in the show sheet. <laughs> I didn't just make this up. No, I'm sure you didn't. Boy, this saison's got me slappy. Woo! Um, so yeah, good times. Good times at that old place, man. We had a lot of good backyard beers for sure. Yeah, those that was fun. Thank you so much for sharing your preserved <laughs> stock. Yeah. Also, it's it's fun when you have friends in your hood too, where you don't have to commute or you know you ride your bike over ride your bike man yeah oh, yeah that makes a huge difference than that yeah and that reminds me uh one magical nation don't drink and drive walk to your homie's house in the hood also one magical nation i want you to know that just because you find me drinking here often it doesn't mean i'm off the 10-year taper I'm still on the ten. Basically, I'm only drinking during the podcast these days. <laughs> so lucky you. Um, Shafi, are you done with your saison? 
All right, no, I'm a long way from done with it, but I can move on to the next beer. That's all right. How many more styles do we have to get to? You got two more, right? We got two more. Move on. And we're only idea. and we're only like fifty five minutes in. <clears throat> so what's next? IPA. Boo! Uh, Boo! I love I I love IPA. Bow down, bow down to the queen of filth, the queen of putrescence. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll take the IPA. What? I need to remember what movie that's from. That's uh, that's from uh, uh, Princess Bride. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Well, I'll give I'll give a quick rundown of my last ten years of beer styles too. Uh, I I was on IPA for a while, but then I realized that the IPA was giving me the worst hangovers mm. possible i i feel like the ultra hops just isn't good for my system but maybe it was the uh just the amounts i was ingesting mm. <laughs> so maybe it didn't have anything to do with the style of beer but unfortunately i smell ipa and and it reminds me of some of the worst hangovers of my life but but that helped me get on the path of the 10-year taper so i have <laughs> I have a lot to thank for IPA. <laughs> so here we go. Um, the Grackle. Cowboy. Cosmic oh, Cowboy. Cowboy. Wait, what was the Grackle? Oh, that, oh that's yet to come. Okay. Right. Okay, so we're doing the Cosmic Cowboy. This is, this is an American IPA. Mm-hmm. West Coast. Northwest IPA style? West, West California, yeah. Well, you know what I say every time. West is the best. And for <laughs> the listeners, I'm doing the hand sign. Hey, Shafi, Manish sent me this picture of me from we were at like a dance club, like back in probably 2005 or something. And I'm wearing this cowboy hat. And I've got this uh, pirate's eye patch up on the cowboy hat and i'm wearing also this like explorer uh it almost looks like a a boy scouts uniform <laughs> right and i'm wearing this boy scouts uniform and i'm i'm doing the west is the best sign at the camera and i'm like west is the best i look like a real jerk so we're doing the cosmic cowboy the american ipa that's at uh seven Mm-hmm. 7%. We're up at 69 IBU, 69, bro. <laughs> oh, wait. I've got, I've, got, I've got clean tumblers for every style here. Way to go, man. This is, this is the most serious imaginary radio beer tasting that you've ever been to, <laughs> my friend. And now, now we're on to Shafee's. Hey, did you give the Saison 8 of 8? I did. I forgot to review. I'm going to do it now. I'm going to give the Saison a 6 of 8. Just because I think I'm hard on Saisons. That's not hard. That's good. Yeah, Just, you, you sure do have. I'm hard on Saison. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard on Saison. That means season. That means it's hard on season. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're earning that explicit rating tonight, folks. <laughs> the Craft Beer episode, PG-13. 
I, uh, Hugh, when we signed that, when we signed up for our podcast distributorship, I just went ahead and defaulted to explicit, just because I, I, I figured I'd, we did, we, that way we didn't have to worry about it. We almost never do anything explicit on this show at all, so it's it's always fun to me when when we get a little. But you knew it would devolve Uh-oh. because you know entropy. Yeah, because because I knew Hugh was going to give us sixty ounces of high. <laughs> craft beer and everything's gonna go to shit <laughs> <laughs> that's the first curse word i've heard on this podcast uh sheffield drop a curse word i i i, cu- I cursed once at uh, in the travel episode mm. and i think lauren might have dropped one or two lauren uh, might have dro- listen every, this is an adult show people can say whatever i'm just lauren, uh, lauren's always good for one or two <laughs> <laughs> well Wait, wait, wait. What's going on? Hugh, are you drinking? Yeah, yeah. You're drinking? Oh, okay. okay. Drinking the IPA. It's in the... Oh, you're drinking the IPA. Okay. Yeah. All right. Here we go. IPA. I'm going to I'm gonna hold my nose. I'm going to get it. <laughs> no. I, uh, I, lo- I love IPAs in all forms. So. I'm very excited for you to try it, Schaefer. And I love the name That's- Cosmic Cowboy. Cool, man. Yeah, uh, rest in peace, Jerry Jeff Walker, today. Awful. Yep. Is Jerry Jeff Walker the original Cosmic Cowboy? No, I don't believe he's the OG. He's just oh. one of several. I, I guess I would think of Doug Somm as the mm-hmm. original Cosmic Cowboy, but yeah, Jerry Jeff definitely wore his, wore his boots to outer space. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as the case may be. Uh, yeah, we've been, my family... My family has a particular affection for Jerry Jeff because my father was one of the 900 people who drove from Austin to Luckenbach for the recording of Viva Terlingua way back in the day in oh, 1973. Awesome. So he is one of the he's one of the uh, intoxicated folks hooting and hollering in the background of that record. Um, That's awesome. So you know, of course, then went on to become one of the most uh, one of the most uh, influential live country recordings, uh, and certainly in Texas history, maybe in all of country music history. Um, so yeah, we definitely, we took that news hard, but also it's been fun to reminisce, uh, with my dad and with everybody about the, uh, about fun Jerry Jeff Walker stories. Mm-hmm. I saw him, uh, I saw him at a Shiner Oktoberfest one year. Uh, we had a friend in we had a friend in college whose mom, whose dad had a had a ranch there in China, and her mom worked in the brewery. So uh, we would head out there en masse, like thirty or forty of us, and stay in the uh, Chumchal family farmhouse and go to the Shiner Oktoberfest. And he headlined one year. Um, I believe he played. I believe he played uh, "Up Against the Wall," "Redneck Mother" three times in that set. So, <laughs> <laughs> he, he definitely knew his audience. <laughs> yeah, a group of uh, drunk. I also saw him at Frontier Fiesta, which is the University of Houston, uh, University of Houston kind of you know five day frat party. Which you know, my friends and I didn't have anything to do with that scene. But when uh, when Jerry Jeff played, we all went out, uh, and I was very intoxicated. But I, as I, if I remember correctly, I spent quite a bit of time dancing with a uh, 
with a lady who only had one leg. Um, <laughs> well, Eileen? And she was, uh, and we had, we had a lot of fun. Um, and that, that's the only time that's ever happened to me. But uh, also, <laughs> also, also saw Jerry Jeff play at, uh, at the uh, House of Blues in Manhattan, New York City. Um, and I remember that was a really awesome show because it was very intimate. And we had actually, this friend of mine and I, we had, it just, the way things worked out, we, we had spent, it's kind of like, it was like a three-day staycation because we went and saw, on the first night, it was like a Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And on Tuesday night, we went, we, we rented a car and we drove out to Long Island to see the Pixies at Nassau Coliseum opening acts were Interpol and LCD sound system. So that was awesome. That's awesome. And then we drove the rental car down to Point Pleasant, New Jersey, where we saw uh, at a, at the blue claws minor league ballpark, we saw Bob Dylan and Willie Nelson play together. (laughs) 16 year old Lucas Nelson opened that show. Wow. Uh, Then we drove the rental car back to New York city and close things out with the Jerry Jeff Walker show at House of Blues, and that was awesome because we just had in the seats. It was very, uh, it was a very intimate show, and we had we had a table, and you know table service, and so we sat and ate steak and drank beer and watched Jerry Jeff play. And the uh, the funniest part of that show was uh, he probably it was probably about twenty minutes in that he played Mr. Bojangles, which you know great, and then about. About 10 minutes after he was done with that, this drunk lady staggers in there and, like, you know, goes up to the bar and gets, like, a glass of white wine, turns around and yells, Mr. Bojangles! He's like, "Uh, sorry, sweetie, you missed that one. (laughs) About 10 minutes, and she was so pissed. And she just staggered (laughs) off. She left the she. She walked out of the place just cursing. She like slammed her white wine and was like, "Ah, oh, fuck this!" And like <laughs> left the room. Everybody, like everybody, including Jerry Jeff, was laughing about that. <laughs> so yeah, here's to uh, here's to the Cosmic Cowboy. Cool. Excellent, by the way. All right, uh, I, this is going to be really. It's going to seem disingenuous, but. I'm giving this IPA eight of eight because I really, I I had my time with it. It's not that I don't love it. I do, but I never mess with them. But I got to say, this is, talk about balanced. Mm -hmm. Am I right? It is balanced. You're absolutely right. This is a very very good example of the style. The, the tendency to get too hoppy, to go, to be extreme with it is maybe mm-hmm. something I don't like about it, but this one is mellow. And in fact, I, I think it verges on a pale ale. Like maybe it's one hop above a pale ale. Okay. So something that's interesting that uh, maybe the majority of the one magical nation might not uh, care to hear, but Nate Seal, the head brewer at Family Business, was the original head brewer at 512. So what you're getting is more than likely a refined version of the 512 IPA, which is 
the bestseller of five one two, you know, the, the the lineup down there. And so it, yeah. It has that it, it has the same thing in common mm-hmm. uh, with five one two in that it's just you know, it's probably not gonna win any awards because it doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily stand out, but that's kind of what's great about it. It's just right. kind of a perfect example of its style. Right on. Yeah. It doesn't stand out. It's just going to be uh, a great go-to, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Which so, is, especially in the craft beer world, that's that's something to be very valued, just that consistency and being able to uh, right. yeah. order something and know, know what you're going to taste and that it's going to be good and, you know, that it won't necessarily have Himalayan salt or, you know, hibiscus <laughs> in it or coconut or what else. Not that any of those things are bad. They're, they're good, but it's nice to just have a go-to that, you know, will be right. There. Yeah. Yeah. A stone IPA, just your, your solid rock. Yeah. When I was setting this up, you mentioned that y'all, y'all had tried to get some family business on at the, at the bar. Uh, we just, yeah, I emailed with somebody there and, you know, you know how it is. Everybody's really busy. And then, and then maybe there's a global pandemic that hits or something like that. But uh, yeah, we like it. There was a gal who came to the front page very early on, super nice lady. And I want to say she, was it Lois Lane? She worked at St. Rock's maybe, or maybe she was just friends with some of my friends there. But uh but uh, really nice, and sh- and she kind of put us in touch, put me in touch with uh, someone there. I don't know. It doesn't matter. There's, uh, I'm I'm pretty sure that I got you guys on our fintech account, which that's the <laughs> that's the most important thing. To yeah, that's the <laughs> Selling beers, having it be as easy as possible for you know, right. in the in the, uh, in the uh, administration and the, you know where the rubber hits the road. So. Yeah, when uh, we have we've currently been actively trying not to buy anything that we absolutely do not need, you know, because right. times are what they are. But as soon as it's time to buy more beer, I'll definitely give you guys a holler. Shafi, what's your avocado rating for the IPA? Uh, seven and a half. Not too shabby. Yeah. Wow. Okay. We haven't had anything below a six. Yeah, and I mean. Part of that is because we're staring you in the face. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not shining anybody on. One Magical Nation knows me for my honesty. We're not, we're not just blowing sunshine up our asses. Um, uh, <laughs> the other part is, uh, yeah, there's the, the, the beer has all been pretty good. So. Yeah. yeah, that's but true. We, um, we, so. yeah, definitely nobody... Nobody at One Magical Hour is ever afraid to step on anyone's toes. Um, oh, I'm stepping on toes. And I know, and I know uh, uh, Hugh, not that I know Hugh personally, but I know he's a craftsman, and, you know, you always want to hear if there's anything wrong with it. So we would definitely let you know. Right on. Well, we're coming up on my favorite time of the evening. Any evening. It's when you get to the Imperial Stout. Wait, 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 what did you say? I want a news cruise, man. <laughs> oh, I'm, oh, dude, I didn't, I, I'm sorry. I cleared the schedule for this. I didn't, pl- I didn't make any news cruise plans or anything. Shafi, do you have a news story? I do. Oh, okay. Um, 
news. Probably drinking another brew. The news news. <laughs> I'd like to welcome uh, craft beer correspondent Sheffer Hall. All right, and this is file under as seen on Looney Tunes uh, from uh, from journalist Ben Hooper. I'm not sure. Oh, California. Out of California. Sorry, sorry, I didn't keep my streak of Florida news alive. But this is a lot of fun. Yeah, seriously, this is straight out of uh, Elmer Fudd and Bugs Bunny. Wildlife trapper dons disguise to capture aggressive turkey. <laughs> an, ag- an aggressive turkey that terrorized the California neighborhood for months was captured by a wildlife expert who disguised herself as an elderly woman to trick the foul fowl. Gerald the turkey, a frequently sighted bird in Oakland who caused the city's Morcom Rose Garden to be closed to visitors during the summer, was finally captured Thursday by Rebecca Dimitrik, Director of Wildlife Emergency Services. She disguised herself as an old woman for the operation after Oakland Animal Circus personnel reported that Gerald preferred to attack the frail and the elderly. <laughs> I baited him with blueberries, kibble, and sunflower seeds, Dimitrik told uh, the news. Then my husband actually had to run down to the truck, so I was left alone with the turkey. She baited Gerald into charging at her, giving her an opening to grab him by the scruff of his neck in a way that did not harm the bird. Gerald was relocated to a wild area in East Bay Hills. I am just fully seeing Bugs Bunny like dressing up like a hot female you know, like to, to throw Elmer Fudd off. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. After being at this for five months to be on the other side, I didn't know the turkey is now in a wild area situated with other turkeys where he will be safe. It feels like the best possible outcome, said Annie Dunn, director of Oakland Animal Services. So a uh, happy, happy story for the turkey. Happy story for those of us who like, uh, well, it's not cross-dressing, but... Uh, Whatever you whatever you call that, uh, uh, Jerry, Jerry, pandering, Jerry, Jerry costume, Jerry. I don't know. I'll have to think about it some more, guys. Sorry. We that's a sniglets. That's homework sniglets for you. We feature we feature the finest news stories on this program. Really, <laughs> only the best. Yeah, only the best. That's that's our that's like our news uh, axiom. Okay, well, I'm sure you guys have noticed that I've been staying as far away as possible from any quote unquote real real news. Sorry, quote quote real news end quote is the more proper way of saying that. I have felt like you know I started the news cruise, but you've really become my first mate. Oh, thank you. Is that a promotion? <laughs> I was. I I'm the I'm the admiral of the news crews, and I, you were the scallywag. You were like loody doody do. I was I like swap the poop deck, and you were like loody doody do. And now you've made it to first mate. Wow, it's a big. Uh, it's a big promotion. Big day for old Shafy. <laughs> it's like you skipped a few rungs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, time for the grackle, folks. We're coming up to 
the best, the possibly the best brew. I don't, I don't know. We'll see. We've already had a couple of eights, but um, I love that it's called the Grackle. This is an imperial stout. Box in at 8.9% AB. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, the slappy just got slappier. <laughs> well, this reminds me of uh, a story that, that we got to tell. I'm on the edge of my seat. Is anyone out there in One Magical Nation familiar with Schaefer and I's love of karaoke? <laughs> well, I yeah, I am too. In fact, I don't know if we've ever told this story. We we'll, may tell it a thousand times. The impetus and the origin of the name of the podcast is that Schaefer and I would get together near the holidays and do a karaoke night. Maybe just me and him. Maybe his sister would come. It, it doesn't. It doesn't have to be attended by anybody. Uh, it was at the Common Interest one time. Yeah, the first one. One, one, one magical. Uh, what, what's the What's the karaoke night called? It was called One Magical Night, a Matthew and Schaefer Christmas Karaoke Spectacular. Yeah, yeah. Um, here, yeah. are you okay? Are you? Can you stay with us? I'm right here, buddy. So, okay. okay. <laughs> Um, well, I want to I want to talk about a time that I was at the Common Interest, which is a, a fantastic karaoke bar up on, up here on North Burnett Road, owned by the father of one of the homies, Mike McKinley. Mac McKinley owns the Common Interest, and it's just a bar in a strip center, but it is so much more. It's kind of an institution. I love that. Uh, it's it's a cool place. It, during the week, it's just kind of a neighborhood bar, but in the evenings and on the weekends, it becomes a, a hot, hot karaoke spot. One of the homies, uh, Tucker Connor, was a KJ, which is karaoke jockey for the uninitiated, at the common interest uh, for a time, and that was fun. Was, was Tucker working that night? We were there? Probably, uh, right? Probably, yeah. yeah. I don't, yeah. So, so one night, I don't know how many years ago, a million years ago, uh, went to the the common interest with some of the homies. I think Travis was there, Wilson, me, you, Dano. It was Dan there, yeah. yeah. And uh, I, being in my element, went right up to the KJ booth and signed myself up and started psyching myself out, which doesn't take much. I mean, I wake up ready to karaoke pretty much. That's what makes me born to podcast. <laughs> but, um, so we're at so we're at the common. We're at the CI. People call it, and uh, I'm I'm getting ready to go up. Some time has passed, and I'm Hugh is saying, "No, Rampy, you're not really you're not really going up on stage." I'm like, "Man, I'm going up on stage." And he's like, "Dude, I I don't know, man." So this is the fear that I was talking about in the last episode. Hugh was gripped with the fear. He had seen our friend Dan go up on stage at other karaoke nights and had felt the deep humiliation that Dan was inured to because he was too inebriated. But <laughs> you, can, you can get inebriated enough that you don't feel embarrassed for your friends, but it's tough. It takes a lot. We weren't there by any means. I'm, I'm getting ready to go up and do... I'm getting ready to go up and do one of my 
go-tos, young MCs bust a move, which I know all the words. It's no problem. I know that I'm going to go up and rock the crowd, but, but Hugh is not. He, he, he doesn't think that's going to happen at all. And he's gripped with a fear. And he's like, man, I, I can't do it. And, and I, I, they call, they say, up next, Rampy, you know? <laughs> and uh, he was like, dude, I'm going to have to leave. And this guy was going to leave the bar. Like, it came time to do my thing. And he headed for the foyer. That's French for lobby. <laughs> he, he, he didn't want to be in the main room. Right. What do you What do you remember about that? I didn't know anyone that could sing karaoke worth a damn. You know, <laughs> um, you thought, every, you but everyone tried, and I it was I like you said, man. I I have that cringe that I I can't control, and I have to roll. I just bolt. I bolt. <laughs> it's because you're not you're not a sociopath. You you have empathy. You you feel you feel embarrassment when your friends should be embarrassed. That yeah. it was it was the correct emotion. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think I say you were in the foyer because you know the bar. There's like it, yeah. it kind of turns a little corner and there's like a short hallway you walk down to before you get out. And I I was up on stage and I don't know what point the the track must have begun. I must have started. But, and, and you must have heard it and come back in or, or you were kind of holding it. You were holding your ears or just – anyway, it, it all turned out all right. I rocked the crowd. Um, As you always do. Bust a move. I, I know all the words. I don't have to look at the monitors. Pe- people love it. It's a complicated, multi-worded song, and I can just say all the words right on time without looking at the screens. People love that. And you, you were pleasantly surprised. You were entertained, right? I will say that if you ever plan on performing that song again, I will be there if you let me know. And you should tell everyone. We'll know. have a whole party around it. Schaefer and I will bring a karaoke machine to the brewery for a, for a tap room afternoon. That is a great idea. That is a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, Maybe we could have this year's one magical night of Matthew and Schaefer. <laughs> family business, yeah. Family business. Because it's outdoors. Y'all have that massive yard. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, do have, I do have a battery-powered karaoke machine, just for the record. <laughs> we do have a little, a little rig to take here and there. Puffs in a bottle of Elsnor beer that we bought at your beer store, eh? And we... Is that Bob and Doug McKenzie? Was, yeah. Again? Anyway, I, I, I loved that night because you were so pleasantly surprised. I mean, I'm a, I mean, I'm reformed. I feel, I feel, I would, I would follow you in to any karaoke hall. <laughs> That's a, you're too kind. I'm not, I'm not fishing for compliments here. I just, I, I love, I loved that moment. I love that you thought you were going to be subjected to something that I didn't have to subject you to. <laughs> yeah. Okay, here we are. The Grackle. I've already previewed it. Where are you? Where are you? In this? Okay. I, uh, sorry. Why, why are you only playing half of the drop? Hang on. Okay. 
Good day. I'm Bob McKenzie. This is my brother Doug. Right, that's that's why I, I knew the drop wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> you know, I asked you if you were drinking earlier, and you held up the IPA. But I see you drinking wine over there. Yes, I'm finishing my wife's glass of wine that she did not feel. I, I thought she needed some wine. She had a rough day. Uh, oh. She does not drink wine often, but I thought she could use some wine time, and she handed it to me mid-podcast, and I'm enjoying it. And now and now we have woken up the baby. You hear the baby, too? Oh, yeah, no. okay. I'm no, sorry. No. I'm sorry. We've woken up the baby. I, I haven't woken up the baby. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that, like, on... Uh, your wife's bad day at work. We're uh, monopolizing your time on this podcast. <laughs> okay. okay. It's okay. He's doing the, it's okay sign. Yeah. Um, all right, here we go. The grackle. Baby's going to wake up. Baby's going to sleep. And then <laughs> uh, Schaefer, use some words to describe the grackle. Uh, it is definitely an imperial stout. Um, I'm not, you know, I think it's 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 a fairly classic of the style, I would say. I'm not getting a whole lot of chocolate or coffee or anything like that off of it. Um, does that make sense? You, you, you sure. Agree? Yeah, how do you feel about Imperial Stouts uh, as a whole? I like them, yeah. yeah. Cool. And this is, I think with, with Imperial Stouts, that's usually when I do enjoy, you know, throwing some chili peppers in there or, you know, some coconut or you know whatever cool yeah that's one thing we've got on our tap hall right now is uh we have brash brewings uh it's just called hurt and it's uh it's an imperial uh stout brewed with habanero chocolate and ghost peppers <laughs> oh wow it is it is actually totally awesome you know people hear that and they're like i don't think i like that but i'll give it a try and more often than not they more often than not they end up going ahead and ordering at least 10 ounces of it uh, because it's, it's really good. It's, it's super hot. Like it's spicy and burns your mouth on the back end, but, uh, but it also tastes really good and, and it's really, really a fun beer. Good uh, on you guys for having that beer. That's awesome. I love, I love brash. Yeah, general. they're great. <laughs> they're great. Their beers are always fun and yeah, they don't, they don't worry about, you know, what people might think about, you know, what you're putting in there, what you're doing yeah, with no way. They're, they're true to their name. They're brash indeed. Mm -hmm. uh, but they also make really good, like their Easy 7 Pale Ale is an excellent example of that, you know. Uh, so they, they definitely, like we were talking about earlier, they know how to do hands in addition to, you know, the more abstract, crazy stuff. So, um, but, yeah, this one, you know, like I said, you know, with these imperial stats, you know, I'm, I, uh, I, I have a lot more leeway for uh, experimentation. But this is, you know, obviously going for you know a classic traditional imperial stout. It does a good job of it. Cool. I'm not yeah. finding it. I'm not finding it super imperial. Like, I'm finding it more like, like a straight up stout. Like like Shafey, like Shafey's talking about, sometimes imperial stouts are a little extra, mm -hmm. you know. And to me, this is more. Sometimes too, when they like a dry, good stout. You said no chocolate. It's like a it's like a dark chocolate. I find not, uh, not overtly chocolate, but there's like this undertone of cacao. I often find when the also when the ABV increases, they they sometimes get sweet. 
but this one doesn't have that problem. No, this is not sweet. You definitely can't tell that it's 8.9%, which, which is dangerous. Good thing. <laughs> this is serious. You should have a healthy fear of us. Oh, yeah. I was, Matthew, I was thinking we would break the rules and go out with some Jerry Jeff tonight. How do you feel about that? I'm not familiar with his music, but uh, I'm fine with that. I think it would be appropriate. I doubt, I think I doubt we'll get sued. Yeah, if we do, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to count that lucky. I mean, so, I mean, I don't think we'll get sued. Point, any publicity is good publicity point in our career. Sure, sure. If, if a lawsuit meant that it would draw attention to the podcast, then I'd be up for it. I'd it pay the lawyer fees. Sure, sure. Hey, Hugh, let me ask you. Do you think this will get the homies to listen to the podcast, at least this episode? <laughs> the ones that aren't listening already? I don't I don't. I don't do you so. think anybody's listening? I, I think there's probably a handful. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think many people would be turned on by my appearance. <laughs> no, that's not true. That's no, I just mean the homies. You're a, you're a draw. That's why we asked you on. Yeah, but the homies could care less for to listen to me drone on about beer. That's because they're just unrepentant jerks. Star drinkers? Yeah. <laughs> Are you on a... Rockstar, is that what you said? Four Loco? No, no, he said Lone Star Drinkers. Oh, Lone Star Drinkers, right. I thought you said Rockstar. Uh, so let me ask you this. As a, uh, as a beer aficionado, did you ever have any of the original Four Loco before they, uh, before they basically made it illegal? Me? No, I haven't had it ever. Oh. But we that drank Sparks, remember? Yeah, Sparks. Remember Miller Coors's Sparks? <laughs> I do. <laughs> Nikki Bhattacharya and I used to love that. that. That also got outlawed. You would bring that to every yeah. Like like Congress. Megan Megan like Mullen passed a law about caffeine and and flavored malt beverages. Megan Mullins would have like these really kind of pretty classy, you know, mature parties on her. Uh, on her rooftop in Brooklyn and uh, yeah. And then, and then Nikki and I would drink 12 sparks and, uh, and things would go downhill pretty quickly. <laughs> and then there's, then there's professional wrestling going on. Somebody knocked over the chimenea. You know how that, you know how that goes. Same old story. It's a tale as old as time. Listen, I have got to thank our guest profusely for not only coming on and talking about the beers, but providing the beers. And I think he also has to attend to his life. We've taken up enough of his time. I gotta go. Yeah. Guys. You, you, <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah. No, thank you. Love you, bro. You, you made the episode. Well, thanks for having me on. I'm a huge fan, obviously, you know, I listen and uh yeah i'm happy to uh to do what i can to provide some content shit i'm i'm enamored really but are you on facebook i'm sorry you're on facebook mm-hmm lewis. lewis yeah we're making connections 
connections left and right. Community, connection, comedy, yeah. comfort. Find me at Hugh the Nation on Instagram. That's me. That's where you'll find me. Yes. And we're going out with some Jerry Jeff. I've added you on so that uh, so that when when I post that I can tag you in it. All right. Well, and then everyone will know. We love you, Hugh. Obviously, we love family business. We got a lot of. Wait, did we get our avocados in on the on the grackle? I'll give it. I'll give it eight eight avocados. I'm going seven point five. I think our average is seven point five. All right, bro. Good. So good to see you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, guys. I'm I'm coming to the front uh, front page as soon as possible. As soon as the vaccines come out, we're we're all over it. All right. All right. Good night, guys. Hi, y'all. This song is by Ray Wiley Hubbard. He was born in Oklahoma. His wife's name is Betty Lou Thelma Liz. He's not responsible for what he's doing Cause his mother made him what he is And it's up against the wall, redneck mother Mother who has raised a son so Eggs and R is for. <laughs>